So when we're sitting here talking about finances and making the most of your money, here's the answer. This is easy. Just become the CEO of one of Canada's top companies. If you can do that, you're laughing, believe it or not. Within their first hour of work yesterday, okay, so starting the year, Canada's highest earning CEOs made more than your average Canadian will make all year long. The average a Canadian makes in a year is $58,800. Took CEOs about 43 minutes to hit that. Um, according to the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, the top 100 CEOs in this country earned an average of $14.3 million for the year, and that is a record high, much higher than the previous record of $11.8 million. They now make, get this, these top CEOs now make 243 times more than your average Canadian worker. How do those numbers land for you? I think for most of us, it's there's the natural human tendency is to be a little envious. But if you think it through, should we be? I, I, how should we take this and what does it mean? We're going to chat now with uh, David McDonald, who's a senior economist at the CCPA and the uh, report's author. Um, David, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate you being here. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. You know, regardless, when you hear those numbers, 243 times more than average, they made the average salary in 45 minutes. I mean, it's mind-boggling numbers. It really is eye-popping, and I think it makes people angry, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a huge difference between what, you know, the average worker was going to experience and then what the top CEOs are going to experience. I mean, I think it is worth pointing out that CEOs are always and have always been paid more than the average worker. Uh, But it's the ratio that matters and how much it's changing. So, you know, in the 60s and 70s in Canada, you know, CEOs made more than the average worker. It was 20 to 30 times more, which is still a lot more. Um, And so, but that's changed substantially through till today, um, where instead of it being 20 or 30 times, uh, now we're at 250 times. Uh, you know, 243 was the was the most yeah. recent uh, data. So, I mean, it, it's really increased. That gap has increased over time, uh, you know, as we follow it. And I think that's probably where people get more frustrated. I mean, I think we all have an understanding that, hey, if you're running a massive, huge company that employs thousands of people, great, you deserve to be very, very well compensated for that. Um, but I think when they see the disparity, like you say, when it goes from 20 times the average worker to 243, it's not so much what they make, it's the gap between what they make and what their employees make, where the where the friction comes in, right? Yeah, and you know, it, <laughs> we we often think, well, CEOs work hard, and they certainly do. Yeah. You know, they're you know they got degrees and they've got experience and so on, and they should be paid more. The trouble is, is that companies uh, are successful. You know, if they have a good CEO, they're also successful if they have good workers. Uh, you know, you can't the company doesn't run just because there's one person at the very top. Uh, you know, the company runs because they have a good workforce and all, you know, all those folks uh, are, are, are contributing to that. And so, you know, when the company does well or when the economy in general does well, um, you know, the question of income inequality is who benefits from, uh, you know, when a company does well or the economy does well? Does everybody benefit? Does everybody get a pay increase? Which in my mind would be fine, you know, CEOs and workers alike. Or is it just the CEOs that get pay increase? Um, and that seems to be that there, there's more evidence of that, particularly that CEOs are protected on the downside. That's certainly what we saw in 2020. And then uh, when there's huge increases in, in corporate profits, like we saw in the inflationary period in 2021, uh, CEOs see huge benefits from that, even though average workers get run over by inflation. Um, what about the fact that we're not talking about salary? I mean, this is largely due to bonuses, right? When you take a look at how this pay package is made up for these CEOs, it's all based on performance bonuses. Not all, but almost all, right? 
Oh, yeah. So, so CEOs would get a salary, but on average, it's very small percentage of their overall pay. Uh, overall pay. Uh, on average, 83% of their total pay packages is in some form of bonuses or what, what is you say, performance pay. Yeah. Um, and so the idea here is that, uh, you know, this, if the company does well and the CEO gets a big bonus and the company does badly and the CEO gets nothing, uh, that's the idea of performance pay. I mean, in reality, though, it's more like pay for luck, not pay for performance, uh, but only good luck. And so, you know, in 2020, this is the, there's a lot of bad luck, you know, uh, profits plummeted because of the pandemic. Um, and so I expected CEO pay was going to go down because these bonuses would get totally erased. But they weren't for two reasons. One was that the feds bailed them out. Uh, and the other reason was they just changed the bonus formulas after the fact to exclude COVID-19. Uh, so they still got the bonuses. Uh, and so that's kind of the downside. And then you see on the upside, you know, in 2021, you've got this big inflationary yeah, surge, right. which drives corporate profits. Again, CEOs weren't responsible for the circumstances of that, you know, as the war in Ukraine and so on. Uh, but, you know, they get this opportunity to raise prices and all of a sudden they get these huge bonuses. Again, they didn't, it, you know, that's not their performance. They're just in the right place at the right time. And so you end up with this sort of pay-for-luck scheme, but only good luck that results in ever higher CEO pay. And it also sort of highlights that the discrepancy, the division that we were talking about, because a lot of this, you know, with inflation going up, sure, they're going to see more revenue. The bottom line is going to be good for a lot of these companies because things cost more. However, those of us that are giving them more money aren't seeing the same kind of, you know, exponential growth in our wages. It's getting harder and harder for us, and it's our pain that's making them uh, end up in a better position, which is a big disconnect. Yeah, it's a total difference between what the impact of inflation is on the average worker and what the impact of inflation is for these top CEOs. I mean, for the average worker, they saw a 2% pay cut compared to the previous year, you know, after you include inflation, uh, because they can't buy as much with the same amount of money. Um, with the top CEOs, they see a 26% pay increase, um, and that's being driven by the fact that prices are rising rapidly. That's what inflation is, higher prices. And so when you can increase prices as a company, uh, that can mean that you can increase profits. And that's exactly what we saw in, in Canada. We're seeing record high proportions of our economy captured as after-tax profits in the corporate sector. Uh, as a result of these crazy, you know, historically high profits, uh, CEO pay goes through the roof. And so inflation's great for CEO pay. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible for the average worker, but great for CEO pay because profits are through the roof. So do we, I mean, I, I, we, you know, we know Jagmeet Singh's talked a lot about wealth taxes and things like that, windfall taxes. Do we need to have an intervention? Or, hey, is this just the way the market system works? This is how it's meant to play out? Well, I mean, left to their own devices, this, this pay is going to continue to go up forever. I mean, this is how the market system works, right? It does concentrate wealth at the top. Um, you know, one of the ways we stop concentration of wealth at the very top uh, is that we intervene through the tax system. I mean, you know, we don't want to go in and say this CEO gets paid $1 million, this CEO gets paid $2 million, and cap CEO pay. I mean, I don't think that's the right approach from a public policy perspective. Uh, we don't have to like these, these extreme pay packages, but we certainly, have, we certainly shouldn't be subsidizing them through the tax system. Uh, and we still do do that. I mean, we provide tax breaks to CEOs. The CEOs don't need tax breaks. Let them pay the tax rate that everybody else is paying. Um, and so we should certainly be closing those tax loopholes. But then on the other side, uh, we should also be looking at these pay-for-luck schemes as a source of important revenue to, you know, better fund the healthcare system, which has been run down by the pandemic, as well as, you know, funding, say, better standards in long-term care, where we saw a disaster during the pandemic as well. 
Um, these are places where, you know, we should be recouping some of this money, recycling it and using it for better, you know, better public services. You know, one of the big differences between the tax system in the 60s, for instance, in Canada and the tax system today is that in the 60s, top marginal tax rates were 70, 80 percent. You know, that last dollar you'd pay 80 percent income tax on. Uh, today, it's closer to 55%. And so it's much, you know, in Ontario, for instance, so it's much lower today than it was back then. You could, you know, you could imagine the 60s, the CEO says, well, I don't want another million dollars. I'm just going to pay it all in income taxes. Sure, yeah. Uh, today, the CEO is going to say, sure, give me an extra million dollars. I do have to pay some income tax on that, but I'm going to keep a lot of that. Uh, and so it makes a lot more sense. And so, you know, you wonder sometimes if it's just that there's just lower income taxes, CEOs get to keep more of it. And so therefore, um, you see this ever higher, um, you know, pay uh, every year when it comes to a CEO compensation. Yeah, it's it's an interesting discussion. I appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much, David. Okay, thanks for having me. You bet. That's David McDonald. David is a senior economist at the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives and the author of this report into Canada's richest CEOs and what they earn and how quickly they sort of lap the rest of us. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.